He stood in the corner shop with rainwater dribbling off his anorak, looking for the cheapest box of beers. The checkout girl thought him a drunk, he knew, so he paid on his shiny new credit card in the hope it somehow proved him otherwise. He walked home with his back straining under the weight of the beers, puffing as he went, the box supported on the ledge of his belly. Tepid August rain splashed freely at his face and hair, often hitting the bullseye of his bald spot. After he had dumped the drink on his doorstep to get out his key, he paused for a moment and gazed along the empty street. The rain watered the world so heavily that he wondered if it might rinse it away. He did not think he would mind if it did. This was a part of his ritual whenever Michel was away from home. Just as later he would watch reruns of westerns until the small hours and stagger to the takeaway for his sweet and sour chicken. Like all good rituals, it summoned the same old feelings every time. First, the squalid glee, increasingly unbecoming, he knew, in a forty-four-year-old man, of slouching alone in his armchair with a meal of grease to scoff. Second, when the beer had kicked in, the self-righteous thrill that made him spring to his feet and rant at the world beyond his door, as if he were some cowboy with a six-shooter, capable of riding it down. Third, and it would last until he dragged himself to sleep, the come-down ache of his self-loathing. Inside, he changed into dry clothes and began his first beer. The opening scenes of the western rolled. Horses raced across the Mojave, their hooves beating cracks into the dirt. Gunshots fired, brittle and easy, like the sounds of twigs snapping. He cracked open his second beer and sprawled back in his armchair with a happy giggle. Later he staggered to the takeaway and got drenched all over again and came back with battered chicken balls and a red congealed sauce in a polystyrene pot. Walking home he marveled at how many worms had crawled up from the earth that evening, scores upon scores of them squirming in the flower beds. There were millipedes and woodlice too, and a legion of slugs pulsing across the road. A car rushed past, its headlamps filling every raindrop yellow, and when it was gone, there were crushed trails of slime on the tarmac. Had not the alcohol already gone to his head, he might have paused to be troubled by such a slithering multitude. Instead, he trotted home eager to appease his rumbling stomach. When he reached his front door, he fumbled his key in the lock, dropped it to the path and had to stoop to retrieve it. There were worms on the paving slabs too, narrow rosy ones and the thicker kinds with crimson saddles. There were beetles big as grapes. There were wrinkled black slugs with toxic orange undersides. In his surprise, he lost hold of his takeaway. As if in slow motion, the pot of sauce slid out of his bag, rotated as it fell, and splattered the garden path sweet and sour. He dropped to his knees to save what he could, but already the source was pitted by the downpour. When he staggered inside to inspect the damage done, he had saved only half an inch of the precious red substance. In that, a caterpillar was drowning. He ate his chicken balls with tomato ketchup. He started another western. Cowboys wisecracked and shot each other off the roofs of buildings. Later, his anger seized him, and he sprang to his feet, 
cursing his bad luck to be rotting here in this box of a house, on the kind of ordered street loved only by bureaucrats, in a town like every other town in the country, and why did nobody make good westerns anymore? Later still, he felt crushingly alone. There was nothing for it but to slope upstairs to bed. He felt stuffed full of his own ridiculousness, force-fed another dollop with every step he struggled to ascend. He drew the curtains and undressed in the yellow gloom of his bedside lamp, averting his eyes from the mirror on the wardrobe door, lest he see his complexion or the sag of his gut. At last he squirmed into bed, face down. Then came the final act of this ritual of his, the prayer of abject desperation. Said to nothing except perhaps the stuffing of his pillow, since he believed in no higher powers. Said all the same, said to anything, just in case there existed some presence out there in the cruel world that was bigger than his disbelief.